0: You're
1: listening to The Packernet Podcast Network
2: It's only a kick A jump A block It's only a serve It's
3: only a tackle A run It's only for the fans
2: After all, it's only pressure
3: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir,
4: I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
2: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls.
4: Hang
1: up the phone.
2: Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. I got a couple disclaimers for you today. If you're ready, have a seat. Let's get comfortable. Please sit down, sir. Thank you. Number one. I'm in a bit of a mood today. (laughs) What the heck was that? Um... The whole trade deadline thing just got me thinking about some stuff. You'll find out more about it tomorrow. But I recorded that podcast for tomorrow. I got up. I went upstairs. Made a disgusting chicken chicken patty. Seasoned it up to make it try to seem like an edible food. Um, ate some saltine crackers. Somehow this is supposed to make me just calm down and forget about the world for a little bit probably probably made things significantly worse. I didn't really think that through very well. Point is, if I go from 0 to 100 as calm as I sound now, just be prepared that that's a thing. Plus, you guys always get me whipped up. Like even when I'm in a good mood, it's like I freaking you're right. I hate everything. But I'm already there today. So, that's that's disclaimer number 2. That's the first one. The disclaimer number 2 is that I put I put on Twitter Well, let me just read it so we can be accurate. Trade deadline has come and gone. Please direct all calls to the Packers uh, Complaint Department, 608-501-0718. And believe it or not, it took me a few minutes to realize that not everybody knows about the Packer After Dark podcast. And potentially, some people will genuinely believe that this is the Packers Complaint Department. I don't know if anybody called in expecting to get the Green Bay Packers. I mean, there is a whole thing with me answering, saying, you know, leave a message, Packernet, something. But I have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new calls. In fact, since I posted that, I got eight calls. Seven of them are from brand new phone numbers. I have to assume (laughs) maybe I misled some people. I don't know. And to those people, I'm sorry. But for the sake of hilarity, as well as my rule, our rule, the rule, here at the Packernet After Dark Podcast Network Association. If you are a new caller, you go first. So we've got seven new callers, and I am hoping and praying with everything in me that these people genuinely believe they're talking to the Green Bay Packers. But why don't we get started? Click, click, click. Move that. All right, here we go. Caller number one, what's going on?
5: This is uh, Connor tuning in from hey, Connor. Minnesota. Huge Packers fan. All right. Uh, I find it just very concerning that the Packers organization does not trade for anybody to help Aaron Rodgers at all today. Um, it blows my mind. And at the same time, it also tells the other players in the team that uh, we don't want to win this year. Um you know, we've had an MVP back-to-back seasons. Um, We've had multiple chances to win a Super Bowl. With the teams that we've had, uh, if we would have gotten Odell last year, we probably would have won the Super Bowl. Um, if we would have gotten, you know, T.J. Watt over Kevin King, uh, grabbed D.K. Metcalf in the draft, um, traded up last, you know, two years ago for Justin Jefferson, which I was a big proponent of um, undoing. Uh, all these things you know tied together and you know ultimately you're seeing the Packers downfall Um, in my eyes this is what's going to look like we're going to lose uh, Rashawn Gary in the offseason because we don't have the money to pay him we're going to lose Darnell Savage because frankly he's you know, we probably don't even need them. It's not been much for the Packers organization.
2: Let me pause here just because, again, there's there's a lot of stuff going on and I don't want to miss it. Um, First of all, not trading for anyone is, is communicating bad things to the team. That That is why I should do this show before I do the other show because it, it, it kind of sparked something in my brain that I hadn't really considered. And that is... This The theme of tomorrow is essentially that the team doesn't know what they're doing. You know, you have to pick a direction and you have to go all in for it. And we didn't do that. I think what we saw, and I know there was co- potentially conversations about Chase Claypool. I don't know. I have no idea if any of those are real or what the situation is. But let's just say you're worried about the locker room. You're worried about all this stuff. You don't want to send a bad message of we're giving up by trading away key players, which is what it would have to be. There's nobody really worth trading that anybody would accept. That isn't like a long term piece. Um, You know, we're talking about like Amos and, and guys like that, that, you know, that would, that would suck and be devastating to the locker room. Right. Um, But you also don't want to go all in this year. And I understand, like, hey, you brought back Rodgers. Why wouldn't you do this? Well, because when we did that, we didn't expect to be filled with so much suck. And now that we are, it is a complete waste of of capital to bring these people in. And and, and to further that point, you're saying we can't pay Rashawn Gary, which I, I don't think is true. And I'll address that in a second. How in the world do we pay Chase Claypool? You know what I mean. I mean, it's if, if the point is we don't have money, we don't have money, and this, these aren't one-term, one-year investments. Chase Claypool would have been a long-term investment. He's, I think, in his fifth year, so we would have to have probably. I, I'm I, I, if I had to guess, the Bears are going to do a deal with him soon. Like they're they're going to hammer that out. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they want to see what he can do. Um, what else you got here? Yeah. Uh, so picks that could have gone better clearly. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I got my thoughts on that, but it's it's not the key point. So we'll just keep trucking. Um, as far as the the money situation, you know, here here's essentially how this breaks down. We either trade Rodgers or Rogers retires, which I do think will happen after this year. I just again, if 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 we don't decide to move on from Rogers, um, which I think we're gonna have a hard time trading him, to be honest, because it's a massive contract uh, with a guy that really just doesn't want to play football anymore and didn't perform very well the last year can't imagine giving up a ton of draft capital for that, but um, I'm kind of just going off the top of the head because I don't want to go back and look at it, but I think he's on the books for $31 million next year. We have two options, regardless of whether he retires or if we trade him, it's the same outcome. If we take the, we have we essentially have two options, whether we do it before June 1st or after June 1st. the The first one is let's just take the big hit this year. Let's just get it out of the way. We'll take the hit. And then next year, 2024, we are free and clear of all the Aaron Rodgers money. If we do that, it it goes from 31 to 40 is his gap cap hit. And as much as it makes you sick to your stomach to say $40 million for no quarterback, that's painful. It's a $9 million cap increase over what we currently already have. So that's all we have to account for is nine. If we move on from Aaron Jones, which I believe we will, that's $10 million. We've already more than broke even. Then there's the very real potential of moving on from David Bakhtiari. I don't know for sure that we would do that. But the contract would make it doable, especially in the long term. You know, it, we, we would save, I forget what it is, $6 million, I think, by moving on from David Bakhtiari. We would probably also get a decent haul um, for him because he's still playing at a pretty high level. I don't know, you know, the concern about his knee and everything else from every, everyone else. But the, again, the big thing is next year, he's very much off the books. So we're we're more than in in the plus, and on top of that, Darnell Savage, as you said, which I do think we're going to move on from, he's about eight million dollars. We've already agreed to his fifth year option. Well, I th- I'm pretty sure we can cut him. I don't I don't know, but I I know we can trade him or do whatever we got to do, take whatever compensate. That's another eight million dollars off of the cap. So so we're going to be okay, right? Are we going to have thirty million dollars to pay Rashawn? Well, no, not in year one, but that's not how we structure contracts, anyways. And beyond this year, especially if we take that hard hit this year, we're we're completely free and clear. So I, I just I don't buy the doomsday stuff that's out there about you know we're are, we're we're going to crash. No, we're not. The other option is wait until after June first. If he retires, what they can do is they can kind of carry his contract as sort of an honorary member or something weird, and then um, accept his official resignation whatever after june 1st or just you know carry him on the contract and let him go after and what that'll do is we'll take a 16 million dollar cap hit this year 24 million next year there's a lot of benefits to that aside you know as much as i would love to just get it out of the way now number one we're not kind of pushing and, and making it so we absolutely have to do something we have a little bit more money to kind of take care of a couple other things sign some people move some money around keep bakhtiari if you choose to however you want to do that and again, we go from thirty one down to sixteen, so it's a you know fifteen million dollar cap savings and then next year you've got twenty four million, which is still significantly less than what he was going to get, which I think is forty, so we're talking fifteen million less than that year as well, on top of a massive jump i mean from twenty twenty two where we are now to twenty twenty four when we take that twenty four million dollar cap it I think the salary cap is expected to go up like fifty million, so you factor that into everything and it's 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 really not a big deal whatsoever so we're not going to have to do any doomsday stuff we do not have to cut Jair, Rashawn, Kenny, anybody that we just don't feel is a part of a a rebuild moving forward and again Bakhtiari would be a big question mark uh I, I do think Aaron Jones has to go just because it's such an unbelievably giant contract but who knows maybe we won't but um anyways I so the point is I do think we're going to end up cutting some people. I don't think it, it's from a doomsday. We just don't have the money scenario. There, there's no world in which we look at Rashawn and say, you legitimately are everything we hoped you would be. We just kind of ran out of money. So we're going to have to move you. I just, I don't see that.
5: That was two years and he gets hurt quite frequently. We're going to lose Lazard. He doesn't want yep. to stay with us anymore. We're going to lose um, Randall.
2: By the way, I mean again, just to kind of rephrase this, because we're in agreement uh, 99% of this, but just the way you're phrasing it of we're going to lose them as though we're desperately trying to keep all this talent and, and they're going to say, I'm sorry, I can't be here. They're going to let go of these people because we have to move in a new direction and we have to look at saving the core pieces that are a part of the future that we we need. And and maybe Jones, maybe Bakhtiari, maybe Lazard, maybe Savage, but let's, I think we can pretty much agree that that won't be a thing. Um, but but again, I just I just want to rephrase that the Packers are in control of the situation, um, and I do think Lazard, if we offered him money, would stay. You know, it's 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 not true that players are just like, dude, unless you're a really good football team, I'm out of here. Um, there's a lot of garbage teams, and they're all fully stocked with with players. And believe it or not, they actually cut players that won't desperately want to be there. So just rephrasing that a little bit i think he would stay if we wanted him to but i do think there's a good chance we're just going to move on from him
5: cobb will probably retire we're going to lose tanyan probably Um, he doesn't want to play for us anymore
2: again not Um, really the
5: point in my opinion all these things have a huge factor um to the players showing that you know we just don't we don't want to win and we are going to see a very different uh team for the Packers organization yep. next year and i alt- i think this is leading to roger's retirement right i um, agree it just it's it's so frustrating and uh, r g m needs to go Brian guticus needs to go he he's she's done nothing for the Packers organization but just make it worse so um yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this is kind of the situation in, in 2018 where I was kind of sitting there doing this podcast saying, it's either the coach or the GM. It has to be. It, it can't be not that. Now, I'm on the side of the GM. I do think we are loaded with talent. I think it's being wasted. We just heard Aaron Rodgers today, and I played on the podcast tomorrow, stating that in week eight was the first time they felt ready to play. What kind of a freaking statement is that? And and again, like I said, uh, we'll say on the podcast tomorrow, it's just there's so much, there's no leadership anywhere. And this does include Brian Gutekunst. Like I said, you know, make a decision. What are we doing? And I feel like he kind of just pulled back but didn't want to kind of tear things up and and ruin what he has here. You know, upset your coach, upset your quarterback, upset everybody and create a firestorm by by selling pieces. So he thought, we'll just take care of that after the season's over, start firing guys out of here left and right. Again, I kind of get that, but it's like pick a direction, stand on it and go. Screw everybody in what they think. Um you know, Matt LaFleur with with you know, what 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 kind of stupidity is it? We're pulling guys mid-game and then putting them right back in. Eric Stokes, get out. Brazil gives up a touchdown. Stokes, never mind, dude, my bad. Love you. Get in there. This is stupid. You know, even even with the Joe Barry thing. It's it's this is what we do. Guys got to execute. Good. That's what, that's what you say as the leader of the team. Well, then there's a lot of pushback in the, in the media, and, and Jair's upset and pouting, and what does he do? He relinquishes control of his job, says, okay, the scheme that I was hired to bring in here, let's just abandon it. We'll play a bunch of man coverage, and we'll see how that goes. Jair gets absolutely crucified by a decent wide receiver, and then they go back, and they're like, all right, that sucked, that didn't work. I'm going to go ahead and take back control if that's okay. We're going to try to run my scheme and what I've been telling you guys to do and getting you prepared for all year. And then they do that and they suck again. It's just, this is so weird there's no leadership. There's no direction. It's just kind of, I don't know, man, let's try this and let's try that. And what we're doing with the offensive line feels like what we're doing everywhere. You know, we get it, we get a different offensive line, a different scheme, a different style, a different, this, a different that we keep trying new things and then taking it back and pull this guy and put him back in and, okay move him over here because he's not playing really well at right tackle so let's put him in the guard well he sucks there oh he hurt his foot oh gee okay I guess he doesn't play let's put somebody else out there (sighs) I I just you know I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say Brian Gutekunst is the greatest GM I I I don't I mean that would be unlikely from any perspective but I do think he's done a good job of talent acquisition we've seen that free agency and the draft I think he's done a, a stellar job But for whatever reason, this team just doesn't feel like playing anymore, and I'm 100% putting that on the coaches. You can't tell me that this team doesn't have talent because we've watched it. I've seen it. I've seen Amos. I've seen uh, Devondre. I've seen Razul. I've seen Stokes. I've seen Jair. I've seen Kenny. I've seen Rashawn. I've seen, on the offense, again, the whole list. I'm not going through it all. We've seen them play at a really high level. But for whatever reason this year, they're not ready to play. They're not willing to play. They're not putting anything on the field. This is no longer a GM issue. The GM has no oversight to how the team performs. That's where I'm at personally. And, you know, I, I, I maybe it is time for just a full reboot. I mean, uh, we know Mark Murphy's got to go. Maybe it is a whole big thing. Murphy gets, you know, somebody else comes in and they get a new GM and a new coach and a new everything. I'd rather not do that. But I, at the same time, I don't see how this gets fixed without something relatively drastic. Um, and and again, I, I really, really like Matt LaFleur as a person and as a play caller. I think he's brilliant. Um, I don't think he's a leader. He doesn't have these guys ready to play. They're not motivated, they're not interested. They're apathetic and it's a complete waste. It's a complete waste of a season. You know, we we went all in, we did all this stuff for what? Week 8, they're like this is the first time we actually kind of were feeling it and then you get blown out in the first half. We get a we we get again one half of football and and one half of just I don't give a crap and you're telling me this for the first time halfway through the season is the first time that we really were feeling it. You know, you can kind of just feel it. Why weren't you feeling it the first seven weeks? So again, I don't know. I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know how to even address a comment like that. Um, I, I don't see any minor—this is why I was opposed to getting a wide receiver. There's no minor thing that we can do to fix this. So that's where I'm at. But yeah, I, I agree there's going to be a big change and, and probably needs to be. And I you know again, I'm not, not overreacting and throwing a temper tantrum. It's just, it's just reality. How do you fix a team that is loaded with talent and will not perform? What do you do? You go get a wide receiver? Come on. Come on. Anyways, uh Connor, thank you so much for the call. Let's see uh let's see our next whatever. Let's see if he knows that this is a podcast.
4: How did we not trade for a wide receiver? It's the deadline
1: on the last years for Aaron Rodgers. And what does Goody do? Sleeps through the whole day.
0: I swear, man, we better fire Goody.
2: So again, I'm I'm not on board because I didn't want a wide receiver, although again, I'm I'm disturbed by the lack of direction or really any effort to say this is what we're doing and go full speed ahead. Um, But I I, I guess I will to some degree concede that maybe it's not the best idea to tear this team down while you still have Rodgers and everything else. I don't know, whatever. I will say, though, this caller who did not give me his name, thank you for calling, when he said Goody, it was translated as Booty. So... Sir, if you decide to call back again, just understand that your name moving forward will be Booty. And um, I think that's great. I think that's something to be proud of. Booty with a capital B. Got to capitalize that bad boy. All right. uh, Booty, thank you for the call. Come on, change it. There we go. Next caller who, again, please don't think this is a podcast. I was
1: wondering how come you guys don't... You know, yes. trade for a receiver yes. every single year because, you know, we need one. Rodgers doesn't have Devontae. And
4: guess what? We only have uh, injured Christian Watson, uh, Randall Cobb, Kenny Lockett, a bunch of nobodies. Do something. Fire Brian.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that is the best call we've ever had on this show. It's the best call we've ever had. I apologize to every caller. But you're not as good. You need, to, you need to step up your game if you're ever going to beat this. <laughs> oh, that's probably not true, but I haven't laughed like that in a while. I needed that. Thank you. What do we call this guy? Man, I'm going to leave this, and if you guys could do me a favor and call in and give me some name recommendations for this guy, that would be the greatest thing ever. Thank you. We got one, ladies and gentlemen. All right, who's next? We got one out of three so far
4: is a boxer could see. I'm a Green Bay Package fan. I have no idea what the GM has done. So we needed a wide receiver. A wide receiver!
1: <laughs> oh!
2: Yes! Can we do this every day? I am going to be... Th- I am, I am going to be a liar. I'm going... To lie? I will pay people to promote this phone number every time major news happens. I don't care if it's Packer news. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much. I'm feeling so much better. I'm not even, I love everything. I love you guys. I love the world. I love vegetables. I love everything. Please call in for angry caller number two. We need name, I know it's, it's going to be hard to differentiate, I'm gonna be so tempted to come back and play these again. Oh, oh, I'm happy. All right, next caller.
1: This is regarding the Packers. My name is Ryan. I, I just kind of, kind of pisses me off. Packers didn't do anything. They couldn't yep. even do it for third round pick for Brandon Cooks. They could have went for a DJ Moore and got some Rogers some help, but yep. You know, that's what the Packers do. We give Rogers nothing. A Hall of Fame quarterback gives nothing out of this trade deadline. It is a sad, pathetic day for the Packers.
2: We don't even upgrade our defense even a little bit. Yeah, I get it, man. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just typing in your name. We have a bunch of Ryans, so I'm just going to say Ryan uh, Antigoot. It's kind of like a last name, Antigoot. sounds. Well, it sounds more like a medical thing, but it's just, a, it's just a way to differentiate you from all the other Ryans, man. I don't want you to be just a Ryan. You are Ryan Antigoot. Um Yeah, no, and and here's here's the other thing. It is possible to kind of do two things at once, right? I'm I'm kind of giving them an out a little bit, but if you look at what the Bears did with Chase Claypool, (laughs) the guy that apparently we were also interested in, it's entirely possible to add to this year while building for the future. And Chase is kind of an example of that. Because, again, if we're building for the future, you just get a guy who is on like a rookie contract, which is apparently what the Packers were trying to do. Because you don't want a, a short-term guy. You don't want to go out and get a, an, an old guy that's been around that's going to help you for two to three years. That doesn't make any sense. But if you get a young guy, he can help this year. And if this year still sucks, you can pretend that you did it because, oh, man, I really tried. And in reality, all you're trying to do is build for the future. And again, I'm not saying I want Chase Claypool. I don't know anything super great about the guy. It's uh, He hasn't been great, but also the Steelers' offense has been the most pathetic thing ever. Until the 2022 Bears offense. Yeah, I went there. Um, but it, but it, it's both. You're helping this year. And then if you tear down next year, Chase still stays. Because he's a young player that you can build around. And so you give him his contract. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You could do the same thing with safety. You could have done it with defensive tackle or edge rusher or whatever. Now, it's it's tough because we don't have a lot of money. I'm just, I'm just saying this was also a possibility. And I think I knew that. And I think they knew that. And I think that's why they were looking at Players on their rookie contract, but it, but you know, and, and again, I've always I've always been a fan of of Gutekunst and the Packers in general, not overpaying or whatever. But this is this is pretty dire, dude. Um, we're just floating in no man's land, and and I can't imagine simply sitting back and and saying, um, you know, forget it. Let's just let's just ride with what we got. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of just giving up in a way, you know? So I, I don't know. I saw the, the only real positive I spin I saw was from somebody on Twitter. I don't remember exactly who it was, but something to the effect of this is a good way to, to, to spark a team that is not super great. In other words, maybe you're sending the message that, hey, we don't really need any help. You've got everything. Maybe that's the way they interpret it. Maybe they see that we tried to get Chase Claypool and couldn't so the wide receivers know that they suck and Rodgers is ticked off because he wanted help and didn't get it. Um, and also entirely possible that the team looks at it and says, yeah, the, the the GM has given up on us, and next year we're all getting cut. So, great. All right, last unknown caller. Let's see how this goes.
1: Man, yep. Gutekunst has got to be the most overrated GM in the league. Some of these Packers fans saying he's the best drafter of all time, got the greatest picks ever. He's hit on Jair and Gary and Elton. And he's hit on a couple of starters, and that's it in like five years. I just don't understand how him being a good drafter makes him the best GM ever when we are wasting our time. He,
2: okay. Let me pull up our roster here, okay? Because one thing I know for sure is that everything that makes this team a good team, and again, if, if we're saying, which I don't agree with, that actually these guys were never that good, I'm I'm not with you on that. Also, saying that we we're wasting our time and haven't done anything, all we we've we've done everything and it didn't work. This is an indictment on everybody saying we need to push out all these contracts. The cap is fake. Go get guys. Go get guys. Go get guys. And then they get mad because all you did was Sammy Watkins. Well, that's really all we can afford. Um, but also, this is kind of as good as it gets. There's not a lot of better wide receivers than Sammy Watkins out there. Julio's played, what, two games all year? um, But, I mean, we got Romeo Dobbs. Are we are we saying he's no good? Because it feels like for a fourth-round pick, that's pretty solid. He did get Elton Jenkins. He also got Josh Myers and John Runyon. He got Yash Nyman. Did you bring in Tunyon or Lazard? I always get those confused. One of them he brought in. One of them was a Ted Thompson guy, but he brought them in. And, by the way, you talked about I don't know how just being a good drafter makes you a good GM. It's not just being a good drafter. He brought in Mercedes Lewis, right? A.J. Dillon. I know people are mad at him, but he he is still playing. He's not playing as well, but he's still playing at a fairly high level. Um, if you saw these stats this past week, we had like five point some odd yards per carry, and it was the exact same amount of yards after contact because he's hit at the line of scrimmage every single time. Um, you know, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. Adrian Amos, Devondre Campbell, um, yeah, Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander. We're talking like, primi- and, and uh, you, I don't want you to just gloss over that, like, okay, big deal, you hit on one. No, it's one thing to like hit on one and get like a decent corner. It's another thing to get potentially the best corner in football, like a top five corner and a top five pass rusher, two of the most important positions and knocking it completely out of the park. You can't just gloss over that. Um, Eric Stokes is at least seemingly decent. I think I mentioned Razul Douglas. I mean, it's basically the entire team. And 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 again, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say he's the best GM. And, you know, yeah, but, uh, there's certain things that are frustrating. There are some pretty bad misses. The third round is just an absolute curse. But I, I, I just think a lot of Packer fans that are really mad at him should take a hard look at other GMs and what they've been able to acquire. Look at the free agents that they've picked up and, and how many misses they've had there and how many misses in the draft they've had. I'm sure Gutekunst isn't number one, but I'm also quite positive he's not bottom half of the league. He's, and then again, when you, when you tie that in, I, I think he has been one of the most impressive free agent guys I've ever seen in my life. Devondre was garbage his entire career. Comes here and was the number one linebacker in football. Um, Razul Douglas was a complete nobody. Preston Smith was not as good when he was with Washington. Zadarius Smith, unbelievable acquisition. He's gone now, but still. Adrian Amos, premier safety. That's been a massive boon for our team. And and here's the thing. If, if all of these guys haven't done enough, what is one more wide receiver going to do? He already got one. He went out and got Sammy Watkins. Well, that's not the one I want, and it's not working. That's the point. The point isn't that he isn't doing enough. The point isn't even that he isn't finding enough talent. The point is we're just not getting the results we want. And again, it really just comes down to two things. Do we just not have enough good players, or are they just not succeeding when they're on the field. In 2018, I think it was a healthy dose of both. Both, But I, I just, I cannot look at this team. And the fact that a lot of these guys are not even regressing. I mean, they're not quite where they need to be, but a lot of them are, are right where they were before. It's just, it's not coming together. There's no effort, there's no energy, there's no desire to play football. And I just, I can't put that on the GM. And I certainly can't look at the GM with a team that just doesn't care and doesn't want to play and say, Hey, I need you to go get me a wide receiver why for what you know so i i I know he's a hated guy i just i I can't connect the dots with this is his fault
1: we have we only use one third of team building we draft we don't really do anything of free agency and we it's don't make trades. so how are we supposed to compete when we're when we got two thirds of our arms tied behind our back? I just don't get it, man. This guy. It's been so frustrating as a Packers fan watching him.
2: This has been one of the biggest changes when Brian Gutekunst got here is that he actually is very active in free agency. Um, You could almost say too. I mean, again, this is why I don't like this general conversation because nobody liked Ted Thompson because he would not participate in free agency. Fine. This guy comes in, he does. He's very active. He signs guys. Brings them in, they contribute, and it doesn't work. And somehow fans feel the need to, to say that Gutekunst is not going all in. He's literally gone as far as you can possibly go. He has pushed the salary cap to the absolute brink. He has twisted and 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 stretched these contracts in such a way that it is it is a complete fiasco and a mess. Just to continue to push and push and push and push and push and push and push. And push. Even Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, I, it would have been an absolute firestorm. How dare you, if he would have not brought Rodgers back or traded him or whatever, not given him this contract, it would have been, how dare you not care about the seat? What The point is, though, he's doing it. And I think looking back, we should look at it and say, the biggest failure of Brian Gutekunst isn't that he isn't trying hard enough, it's that he listened to all the screaming and believed that if we just push all the way in with what we have, we'll be able to succeed. Because he was wrong about that. It didn't work. We continually went all in. And the only re- rebuttal that anybody could say is, yeah, well, you did it the wrong way. Well, what would have been the right way? You know, every team you can nitpick, well, you should have had this guy over that guy. I mean, Gutekunst is not to blame for TJ Watt because he was not the GM at the time. He didn't draft Kevin King. That was Ted Thompson. But <clears throat> I, 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 I am... I mean, we came into this season saying we have a dominant football team. Did we not? Did we not say this is going to be a top-whatever defense? Why did we say that when all the talent is garbage? Because it's not garbage. The defensive coordinator, the head coach, these guys are not getting them ready to play. There's no energy. There's no effort. There's no desire. There's no drive. There's no discipline. There's um, no—they don't know what they're doing. It's not a talent issue. In some areas, fine, but but again, every single team uh, in the NFL— has deficiencies, the bills have deficiencies they overcome them, so i i i, I am just ninety eight percent sure if we go get a new GM, he will be worse because it's just it's really hard to get a hit rate near where a Gudekunst is. That was the entire reason he was hired Mark Murphy you know he went to all his staff and he said, Show me your record, right? Go get your notebook, which said everything you like or dislike about players, and Brian Gutekunst was heads and tails better than, you know, Elliot Wolf and everybody else. And I think he's proven that. But these guys are not playing well. I mean, this is the, this, essentially the same roster that won 13 games three years in a row. Saying that that was a fluke because these guys were never talented, just, I, I don't understand how that makes sense. I, I can't get there rationally
1: nor fatal flaws in the team year over year and now this year he exacerbated it by getting rid of our best wide receiver and then not he didn't
2: get rid of him he tried to bring him back and Devonte said no I'm leaving you know i mean again the the flaw here is trying so desperately to keep pushing when it's clearly falling apart and Devonte leaving and and things like that What should have happened, if we're being completely honest, is we should not have signed Aaron Rodgers to this contract. He he would have been absolutely hated for it, but we should have begun the rebuild. Now, that's completely hindsight. I don't think anybody could have seen this disaster coming, but um, that would have made more sense because this is not fixable, and it's not fixable with going out and getting a safety, a pass rusher, a wide receiver. That doesn't fix the issues here. Anyways, I'll let you finish your thoughts. I won't interrupt you anymore.
1: Resigning MVS, which maybe he wasn't, he was overpaid. We never replaced him. And now we're sitting here looking at two rookies, one off the practice squad and Sammy Watkins. And that's, that's our wide receiver core. No wonder we're going to be six and 11 at the year's end. I just, I just don't get it. I think we need to move on from this front office. I'm going to hang up. (laughs)
2: Yeah, we got another. Uh, I don't think he said his name. So, if you have any thoughts for caller number three, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're just in a different spot. I mean, things things are things are obviously bad for a reason, and it's hard to figure out what that reason is. And and you clearly feel one way, I feel another way, but but you know, I I don't know, I don't know what the issue is. Uh, and maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is a. Maybe we didn't try hard enough, and we should have prioritized keeping MVS and, and keeping Devonte at all costs, you know, maybe offering him even, even, even more money. I don't, I don't exactly know what we could have done to keep him, but um, I don't know. Fair enough. All right, we got the new callers uh, done. Hopefully we can circle back around because I want to play a couple of those again because that, that made me so happy. Let's kick this bad boy off. Um, we've got Peter Thomas. The uh, the man, the myth, the legend, calling in. Peter, miss you, man.
3: Hey, Ryan. With all the discussion of hypothetical reasons why the Packers are not executing this year, yeah, I believe Lafleur hit the nail on the head in his postgame presser after the loss to the Bills. He said the team needs to be more disciplined and consistent, and I 110% agree with that. Yeah. to me, discipline has all to do with not committing penalties, especially negating or causing big plays, which happened like a lot this game. It also has a lot to do with staying poised and not committing stupid acts of emotion that get you ejected from the game. Mm -hmm. Credit actually goes to Wilson and McDuffie for both stepping in without having a starter next to them. Even if they played awful, they were uh, really put in a hard spot. No doubt. Anyways, discipline is definitely coached. More importantly, though, I believe it's all about consistency. With lingering injuries to almost every position group and personnel changing weekly with these guys coming off of injury or placed into injury protocol, every position group has seen a ton of change since training camp. I remember when JJ made a reference about his church band sounding like garbage Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (laughs) because there wasn't a leader
1: or
4: a director
3: in the band, and I remembered this because I play in an 80-piece professional orchestra. The reason why a band sounds terrible isn't because of a lack of leadership. Trust me, I hardly follow my conductor. It has all to do with the people that you're playing next to. Body language and blending and getting to know what the person is doing next to you. And fitting together is literally what makes a band or a football team work. It has all to do with consistency in the personnel. I feel like we're still in training camp figuring things out. Yeah. Now with more injuries to the team and Watson and Devondre Campbell, this problem is going to continue to keep lingering because we're in the middle of the season and rightfully so. We're going to get injured. We needed to get healthy in the off season and we didn't. It's really simple. When you guys have come in, it only complicates the consistency that's being created. I'll leave it at that. Have a good one, Ryan. By the way, this is Peter Thomas. Go back.
2: I got you, Pete. Um, yeah, that, that, that really does make a lot of sense. I mean, we've talked about that with the offensive line, the consistency of it all. And we already know about, you know, the rookies aren't running the right routes and there's, there's a lot of penalties and everything, but, but it really is everything. We don't have an identity. We don't have a direction feels like we've got a new, not just a new game plan, but a new team almost every single week. And it is, you know, partly injuries and partly just guys getting more time. You know, I mean, Sammy Watkins is in and out. Christian Watson is in and out. And when they're in, there's a different combination, a different game plan. Then you put in a game plan for Christian Watson. He goes out after the first play. Um, You know, Romeo Dobbs has been there pretty consistently, but he's also inconsistent in his play. And the guys that he's playing with are inconsistent, whether it's Um, Randall or Amari or Sammy or Christian or Lazard, who have all been in and out at different periods of time. Now, after adding Amari Rodgers more regularly, we're starting to add Samori Ture more regularly. And that's just the wide receivers, right? At at tight end, you know, Tunyon came in and he's been slowly getting more snaps. And then you've got Josiah Deguara, who's been getting more snaps while Tyler Davis has been getting less. Um. Even the run game, even though that's consistent, you know we, we've had a pretty consistent strategy with that, and now we're doing more of a a different thing with running the ball more and, and even the way in which we're running the ball, um, you know the, the the way we're blocking has been different since from the beginning of the season, or even especially last year compared to this year, seeing more uh, I don't know if you'd call it power uh, type running or whatever. Um, yeah, defensively, similar you know just having no idea exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it I, I i it does make sense because it's hard to get into a rhythm and i think it's especially true of the offense more so than the defense that had that has had more consistency and i you know i'm i'm not going to dismiss anything that i've said or or even what jj said i thought it was a a solid analogy i just think it's all of it you know what i mean it's it's the lack of consistency uh, with the people around you it's also the the lack of know-how it's the lack of discipline which you know it doesn't matter who's next to you stop committing penalties you know what i mean uh the the lack of of energy and drive and the lack of focus from the players but also from the coaches seems like now i'm going to start talking about the gm with the same thing it just it's everything is directionless and they're constantly trying to make changes and adjustments on the fly and and we're approaching the halfway point and they still don't really have a team. They don't really know what exactly they're doing and they keep trying new things, right? I get annoyed that they're not doing enough LaFleurian type plays. Well, sometimes they do pretty heavy, you know, when you got Christian Watson in there, you do a lot of that Then Rogers busts up his thumb and you lose Watson and you lose uh, Watkins. So you don't really have any speed. You don't really have any people that you put in motion, you know, before Amari was there, especially, so you start trying to spread it out. Well, now you're teaching everybody to do different things and different plays and you know, it's it's just a disaster on so many fronts. Um with the injuries and the shifts, but also the amount of young pieces and then the loss of coaches, you know, we we we've got turnover there so everybody's trying to get into a new rhythm with that and who does what and how and um it's just been it's it's really taken a toll a lot more than um, I think anybody expected because there's so much change and turnover. And, and again, I, I do think, you know, that all the other stuff is, is also a factor and it's um, it sucks, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, am not even really in the mood to argue with anybody cause it's just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's probably true. You know um, even the last caller, well, we never replaced MVS. Well, we did and we didn't, you know, we got a guy. But he never plays, and um, so that sucks. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I am I think it's all of it. It has to be all of it, because how does it get this bad? It, it can't be one thing. It's a lot of stuff that's going wrong. I don't think we took a break yet. Why don't we do that? patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Please consider uh, giving, praying for, donating to, spreading the word about Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find more at fertilegroundranch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Good morning, Ryan, Packers super fan. Hey, man, how you and doing? Good morning after the game. Um, got, I am so excited. There are two huge <laughs> positives coming out of this game.
2: I can't wait to find uh, out what it positivity is.
1: Positivity Monday, two huge positives. Number one, Christian Watson's uh, injury appears to be a concussion and not a neck injury.
2: That's a, yeah, Number two. That is good.
1: Christian Watson will most likely be out of next week's game, which will give him another week to heal that hamstring up even further. So, two huge, two huge positives coming <laughs> out of this game. Love it. Go pack, go. Thanks.
2: I mean, I'm not going to get in the way of your happiness, Mike. Um, yeah, I, I, that's somewhat positive, I guess. <laughs> It didn't go the direction I was expecting, but no, I'm, I'm I am with you on that. I, I think we don't always see eye to eye on on everything. Um, you've been more right than I have this year, so kudos to you on that. But um, the Christian Watson thing, I, I do, and I, and maybe I'm just I'm barking up the wrong tree. I just I get so excited about him, and I'm really upset that he's just not a part of it. Even that play, he gets the ball and just starts flying, and immediately it's like, oh man, that guy can move. And the fact that they got on the ball early, it's like, yes, he's going to be playing a lot. And they got some new stuff that they're doing with him, and it's already working. And as soon as I saw him go down, right before the camera pans off, you can see him just, you know, kind of laying there. And I and I just thought, oh no, like not again. And again, shame on me for my first thought not being, I really hope he's okay. It's come on, don't don't do this. But yeah, no, I'm I am extremely happy. I I didn't realize I didn't see the hit, so I didn't know what happened. Um, Obviously, when they showed it again, it it was very concerning um, that this could be a severe long term thing i mean honestly a, a hit like that could have been career ending so you know there's every reason to believe he'll he'll bounce back i mean it's not like that's a uh a hamstring or a recurring thing that you need to worry about you know it's it's uh it's a flukish it's a flukish thing that the, the way that his neck got hit and so there's no reason necessarily to assume that uh that that's a reason to be concerned about his injury history or anything like that so yeah hoping he gets better and and um it's kind of like another caller uh, had called in, I think, yesterday-ish or so and said something to the effect of, I'm kind of to the point where I just want to see the young guys and, and hope that we got some hits. And, you know, it will shine light on, on Brian Gutekunst because they're, you know, I think he's got a pretty solid hit rate. But if this draft class is a massive miss, especially with two first-round picks, um, that's going to have to hurt. Even my opinion. You know, and, and a lot of GMs they, they have kind of a period where they're really solid and then things kinda of start to dissipate. So it's it's a big deal. Um, you know, what Quay does, what Devontae Wyatt does. And I know it's a it's a three year thing, but but you can still kind of see usually see a little something. And so far we got two first round picks with massive question marks. We got a second round pick that hasn't really done anything yet. Um we've got a third round pick that that can't even I mean, he 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 just seems like a terrible pick. Uh, Zach Tom. That's unfair to Sean Ryan. I shouldn't say that, but it's just it's a little disappointing the the situation he's in. Zach Tom seems pretty solid. Maybe Kingsley will be all right. I mean, the the, the other side of it is that there's a lot of potential for this to be really solid because of the late round success: Samori Ture, Zach Tom, Kingsley, and Igbari. And then you assume Devontae Wyatt, right? He's had two good weeks in a row. His snap counts are increasing. That's a positive. Quay has had a couple of good weeks in a row. That's positive. You know, so I I think this is going to be a good draft class. And I'm I'm still really high. I know, obviously, I've skipped Romeo Dobbs, who's another solid mid-round pick. Even if he never gets better than he is now, it's it's a it's a pretty decent hit for a fourth round. And I'm still optimistic about Christian Watson, as you are, I know. Probably, I, I thought I was, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I really wasn't a big Christian Watson fan prior to the draft. My son was, is the big reason why I really like him. Um, but after we drafted him, and and just seeing him play is really when I got excited because a lot of guys run quick forties, and I I just don't see it on the field. And and for Christian, it's just different. You know, as soon as he touches the ball, it's like holy cow. Maybe I'm alone in that. I don't know, but that's that's why I like him, and I'm I'm very very hopeful that I can translate uh, to some successful play for the Packers somewhere down the line.
4: Hey, this is Omar the firefighter, hey, uh, just calling um after the game it was surprisingly the defense showed man heart Jair yeah be his normal self he didn't really get burned
2: you played and great.
4: played excellent I think um
2: five targets zero receptions a pick and three pass breakups that's that is as good as you'll ever see for, for a corner in my opinion um
4: I I'm, I called earlier, and I was like, you know, they need to play, you know, was where, Turey, and I'm happy he finally got yeah. his touchdown and got the play and did an yeah. awesome option route. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, it popped in my mind that I, I'm starting to think uh, something because we had so many injuries at wide receiver, and I know the tr- they still got a few more time this week to do a trade, but I believe maybe all the Packers fans realize that probably the season is probably lost now.
2: You would be surprised to find out that many Packer fans don't believe that and um, really, really want a a wide receiver.
4: So it really wouldn't be worse unless you're getting like a number one receiver. Yeah. So maybe like more because he did kill it, but. He's pretty good. I think they want somebody in a rookie contract. Exactly. As they should. But anyway, it was a receiver I thought we should have brought in a while ago. He's injury prone, which is Will Fuller, but I mean, he, he did an excellent job when he's out there. So I'm real confused why they didn't do it. And then the idea popped in my mind and they're probably, I'm thinking, you know, Gudekirch is uh, probably, um, don't, you know, he won a higher draft pick. I think he wants something in the top 10 so he could trade back and get like two firsts or something because he know we got a lot of holes to fill. And that's, that's what I'm starting to think because we could have brought him in earlier. And and helped out, even just for depth. I know he not, he might not be a superstar, but I'm thinking that's the best free agent wide receiver available. Yeah. Um so but I, I'm sad to see Christian Watson, you know, with the concussion. It's like every single time I get excited for him, you know, something happens.
1: Yep.
4: It's you know, trading those two seconds to get him is not looking good right now. Um my floor for him was MGS. Because I was like, at the very minimum, he'll be just MVS all over again, which I didn't think the trade was bad at that moment. He just kind of replaced the receiver CV loss. But he's not playing, and it's just sucking. Yeah. And everybody's pissed about that, I'm sure.
2: I'll say this. I would be stunned if he's not better than MVS. Um, MVS was never really anything other than a vertical deep threat, and he was really not very good at that. He He very rarely got any meaningful separation down the field. And for whatever reason, Rodgers just couldn't hit him even when he did. We saw Christian Watson crush a guy and get massive separation on the first play. And I have personally seen that many times since, and the Packers just don't really go to him. I think a lot of it had to do with the the really bad offensive line. You know, you use him on these vertical routes to to kind of draw away people so that you can kind of come underneath. But we got to get the ball out of his hand kind of quickly Is is my thought on that but even still as a much better deep threat that I do think will be utilized on the line especially once they officially trust this offensive line he's already being used in better ways I mean and when you get him in the in the on the field what am I trying to say when he's catching routes like he did before with the intention of of yards after the catch I think he's significantly better than MVs we, we just saw that on that play he got injured on i I think that's a thing but then of course all the stuff behind the line of scrimmage um, I think he's a massive threat with that kind of stuff as well, that MVS really wasn't. So I, I agree my floor was MVS and I, I kind of had almost an expectation of that, that he would just, just kind of be an MVS, but maybe, you know, you never know. I know the injuries are an issue and I know that they haven't really been able to fully get into his deep threat ability, but I, I, I'm just, I'm just unbelievably confident and, and probably stupidly so that, um. That there really is something there. If if nothing else, he is a a very much upgraded MVS where he he has a better deep threat and they also can get him involved in, in, you know, I mean the wide receiver screen game would be pretty incredible. The the jet sweep and around stuff. Uh and then, you know, Matt LaFleur has, has seemingly uncovered a couple other interesting ways to get him involved. So um, you know, as a sort of Devontae Adams type that's gonna run a full route tree and do all this stuff, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be that guy with the great body control that goes up and gets it, toe tap on the sideline, mind meld with Aaron Rodgers. He is unbelievably intelligent, so it's not impossible. But um, I think already baseline, I I genuinely believe he's better than MVS today, Um, which isn't saying a ton because I was never really, I was probably quite a bit lower on MVS than most Packer fans. But um, that's my thought. And, And it's why I get disappointed with the lack of play because I, I just I'm I'm excited about the guy.
4: Well, just as I am, uh, but hopefully you know he is better than that. If not this year, then next year. So
1: yeah,
4: um, I really would can't wait to hear the press conferences of uh, Aaron Rodgers to see if he's going to stay or leave because it's 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 kind of getting rough out there. But I did like that he played a lot better this game. Yeah. He looked more like Aaron Rodgers, which you know having faith in the old line and everything else. So all right, go pack, go.
2: Yeah, my my thought on that is I'm not going to get my wish and that we kind of rein it in and um stick with the more again Matt LaFleurian type of offense. I think uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of this um you know playing the way Aaron Rodgers wants to play and you know what that that to an extent it makes sense. We went all in on Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't seem to want to bend um so we we kind of just have to move forward with what it is. What we need is an offensive line that can block and give Aaron Rodgers confidence and wide receivers that, that can kind of go out and get the ball for his guy. Because he's going to throw a lot of trust balls. That's the way Rodgers plays. He throws trust balls. You know, you need to know exactly where you need to be and win. And I expect you to be there and I'm going to throw the ball. And when you get there, you need to catch it. Um, and he'll put the ball on the spot. And, and that's what we saw in this past game. He's putting the ball on that spot and the difference was he he did have a, an improved offensive line. I mean there was a lot of pressure, but a lot of that was holding the ball beyond the 2.5 seconds or whatever. Um not that that's 100% I get out of free jail free card, but but it does matter. But but he he generally especially toward the second half had a better offensive line largely because of how dominant we were running the ball, but you know again, he's he's playing the it doesn't really matter. What the defense is doing, and it honestly doesn't really matter if you're open. If 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 the defender's back is to me, I'm going to throw the ball over his shoulder, and you need to go grab it. And that's what we got. Dobbs is making those plays, and and guys are just making those kinds of plays. And if we can sustain that, then then we can have success. It's it's going to be tough, but um, you know, it's it's kind of similar to what Peter was saying. We we have to find some kind of an identity and some kind of a rhythm as a unit. And we're kind of just a fragmented pile of guys right now. So, you know, the offensive line is, is you know, guys interchanging every single second. And Rodgers is trying to figure out all these different wide receivers who are not doing what he wants to do. And again, my my thought would be to kind of simplify that and, and you know, run the offense slightly different and, and run the ball more like we did last week, which I do think was a major contributing factor to the success. Even if we want to say it was just because the Bills are playing a light box. Again, I think that's BS. Um, Maybe not again. I think I said that in tomorrow's episode, but I, I just we've been facing light boxes all year, and I, I think we're going to continue to because that's the whole point of where defenses are headed with the too high, too high defense and all that. Um, but the, but that is the path moving forward. Now I don't know what the path is for the defense because I don't know. They haven't found their identity. They don't know what kind of scheme they want to run. They don't know exactly what they want to do, and they can't seem to put four quarters together. But for the offense, if you can if you can block. Run the ball well, and if Rodgers can put the ball on the spot, and the receivers can can be that guy, you know. Obviously, you're not Devonte, but you got to kind of Devontae up a little bit, and run the right route at the exact right time, and and do not drop the ball. And he'll throw those trust balls, and if you catch them, I mean, we got an offense. You know, um, that's sort of the the optimism, but it, it's it's such a large hurdle because, again, going through it again, the offense of line needs to block. That's not a guarantee. Rodgers needs to be consistent with his accuracy, which is not a guarantee, as well as his trust of the offensive line, his trust of his receivers, and making good decisions, and we've seen mistakes on on all of those. Um, the receivers need to be doing what they did in this game consistently. There's really no reason to believe that with all the drops and all the penalties and all the horrible routes. People are showing, uh, I think Clayton put up a clip um, of guys running the route, and it's just stupid. I mean, there's guys running the exact same route in the exact same spot, and, and Rodgers is running in a completely different direction and get sacked where there's nobody even on that side of the field. It's just, it's just a disaster, which is why I'm skeptical because it's like all these things need to come together. But that, I think that's the path. I don't think it's the best path. I don't know if it's the, the, the quickest way or the most expedient or it feels like we're, we're kind of paddling against the stream a little bit, but that's where we got ahead and I'm skeptical we'll ever get there. And again, even if we do, we need a defense, we need a special team. So but hey, you're right. It was it was. There were some impressive things, and um, gives you a, a slight bit of optimism, I guess.
0: Hey, it's JJ. I got some thoughts about how last night's game impacts the trade deadline. Okay, I feel like what we saw last night, although there were a lot of positives, and I don't want to take away from that. I think there's like a negative impact that it's going to have on Goody's ability to make the best decisions for the team. I think that they showed enough against the Bills that you can't go, ah, to rebuild time. Right. And start trading away pieces who can be moved. Like clearly, after, after what we saw last night, it's not the same as like after the Washington game where it's like, all right, we need to just sell everything that's not nailed down and try and get some capital to go in a new direction and, you know, have the conversation about do we make any kind of coaching changes, whatever. But also, I don't think that they showed enough to prove that it's not time to rebuild. Yeah. I don't think they showed enough to prove that we should go trade for a wide receiver who could help. You know what I mean? We're like in this purgatory here of like too good, but not quite good enough.
2: Which would explain the exact situation of doing nothing. I mean, again, it sounds like he did try to move in the direction of, of building for this year, but not with any real conviction. If he wanted Chase Claypool, he could have gotten Chase Claypool. We offered a second. Offer more. Well, it's not a great value. Dude, if there is real conviction that getting this guy is going to push this team over the edge, you go get him. And he didn't. You know why? Because there isn't that conviction. Which, duh. (laughs) How could anybody be that convicted? So It makes sense. I can't trade this all away. There's there's still a possibility that we turn it around. Plus, I mean it's gonna be kind of disastrous and Rogers is gonna go on the Pat McAfee show and call me a stupid idiot and everything. Um but no, that's what you're describing is is sounds like you're describing the process Brian Gudekunst was going through for me the last like, you know, 10 hours or whatever. <laughs> Just like sitting so there going, I don't know, we should probably sell everybody, or we can get a wide receiver. And really, I mean, maybe we're pretty good. We might be good, dude. Like, we could be legitimately really good. Have you seen this team in my build? It's so good. But we also really suck. I don't know. And then the deadline came, and they explained to him it was over, and he just went home and grabbed a uh, nice cold cola and watched a television program.
0: Just in terms of last night's performance. All right, that's, that's strictly all I'm talking about, where if you're Goody, like, what do you do? Do you start the rebuild or do you keep trying to go all in on this year? And I just think that when you're looking at it through specifically that lens, I think last night's performance was like kind of the worst possible thing only in that category. I think Judy's job is a lot harder today than it was a few days ago.
2: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I've been, as I've been processing the whole thing you know the 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 two directions that I think Gudickun needed to be clear on is you know we're either moving forward with this season or we are not moving forward with this season, in which case we need to do everything we can for the future. However, I don't really see a good scenario in which we trade away a key player in terms of what that will do to the locker room um how how it impacts everything. I mean, we, we, draft picks are something that obviously helps the future, but we need to work on this locker room, which seems to be not great. It's not that they don't necessarily get along or that it's a toxic locker room, but I just don't know that it's the right culture exactly. And um, that may have been, a, especially with Rodgers, I mean, you're, you're giving up on the guy. It's it's going to get ugly, like, real fast. And I just, you know, obviously he, he won't be here next year. So it wouldn't matter, but how much of that carries over and how many of these guys start to really care and want to support the new guys. And I, you know, if we're going to move, we can do it next year, you know, um, try to make a trade prior to the, uh, free agency period when things are a little bit more clear rather than doing it now, especially if we can get Rogers to say he's retiring, that'll make it a little easier, um. You know, as far as uh, offloading other people, it's not like Gudikus is forcing the issue. It's just, hey, he left. We we we're gonna have to go ahead and, you know, I didn't want to do it, but he's kind of forcing my hand here, kind of thing. So, I get it from that standpoint. I guess I don't know. I just I just wish somebody would do anything that made sense. Would be great.
6: Hey Ryan, it's Cole. Hey, man. Uh, just watched that uh, Buffalo game. Um. There's a lot to, th- to think about here. So number one, I'm so glad we actually decided to stick to the run a little bit yep. because clearly it was working like very well. Um, even for like AJ Dillon, who's had like a rough year, you could, you, I saw in a couple of his better carries. Um, I was pretty happy with that. Um, number two, watching Aaron Rodgers, number one, a, a lot of the, I keep numbering things as if I have any sort of,
2: I do that, dedicated too. dedicated
6: <laughs> train of thought towards him. Um, look, I thought Aaron Rodgers actually looked like he was following the floor offense a little bit. I mean, in every play, I saw like a little bit of that movement. Now, Obviously, movement isn't for sure on that LaFleur thing, but it looked like Rodgers was in the pocket and kind of repositioning on each read like, you know, he's supposed to as a quarterback and looked legit. Um, but for the most part, I mean, obviously, there was – some Rogers skittishness around the pocket. Um, I think Zach Tom is not going to, I don't know, just the way that I saw him just get absolutely brutalized on yeah. some of those plays. Like, no chance of stopping the Bills' D-line. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know. Zach Tom was, wasn't looking great. But otherwise, you know, yard against Von Miller, I believe, was the – was the one match that they showed, like, the slow-mo replay of. Yeah. He, he did a good job containing him. I was I was happy. Um,
2: I just- Yeah, ba- Bakhtiari was pretty stout. Uh, I don't think he gave up any pressures whatsoever. He had a really high run-blocking and pass-blocking grade against maybe the top defense in all of football, the number one run defense in football, one of the premier pass-rushing teams in football. Von Miller's one of the premier pass-rushers in football. They moved him over to Yasha's side because they weren't getting any push on, on Bakhtiari. As far as Zach Tom and and I don't know this, it just it's kind of a, a layman's observation, but I I think he's a tackle, not a guard. Uh, I know they really want to push him in, and there's a lot of talk about him being a guard and everything. But and and you got to understand, I mean, he gave up like two pressures. Uh, they 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 even said he kind of got off to a slow start and then cleaned it up as the game went on. So it's it's an, when you factor in, this is a premier defensive line. Um, I don't know that he necessarily had the worst day. It's possible that you go up the rest of the season and, you know, that's about as bad as it gets from Zach Don, which is not bad, especially for a guy that's getting his first start at that position. Um, but I it, it's my opinion that he's a tackle. I just think he's he's more athletic and less stout. I mean, he's he's not a big dude, you know, you can see it. He's a little more slim and and so putting him outside where it's less about the 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 Size and more about the athleticism, I think, just works in his favor. Um, but you know, I, I, I yeah, I generally agree. It, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, just as far as a general outing.
6: We need a better um, left guard, and obviously, if, it's, if Jenkins is available, we would hope that that's a better option. But you know, I was I was honestly not too upset with the offense. Um, the defense, I just the starters, even like because even after we. Um, lost my train of thought. Even after we lost, that's why you need the numbers. Way and Devondre and linebacker, we were still letting up the run, so that really, really didn't impact. I don't think that much of a whole lot on defense. Yeah. Um, I do like that whenever I saw Jair, he was a pass break of some kind, and I was happy to let him talk smack and be this cocky guy because he could back it up. I mean, he was. I thought it was doing pretty good out there. Um, I just, I wish we could contain a QB. Yeah. Um, we we knew
2: going... You're talking about going back to like 2000?
6: <laughs> Packers <laughs> have never,
2: ever been able to contain a QB.
6: This game with Josh Allen was a scary dual threat, but I don't know, we just could not seem to tackle him for whatever reason. And sure, I know he's elusive, but I don't know. I, I feel like I was more... Unimpressed with defense today than I was with offense, but those
2: are my thoughts. Uh, Sorry, you got cut off there at the three-minute mark, but uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the as far as the offense, you know, not being mad at the offense, they obviously had a better outing. Like I said, I mean, you can at least draw a line from where they are to being a competent team. It's tough to get there, but a competent offense. That the, the biggest issue I think for me is just, you know. There are, critical moment, there, there are some moments that are more critical than others, and it seemed like we just didn't really capitalize on those moments as much as we should have. Um, you know, the fourth down conversions and whatnot. And granted, when you run the ball and you're not taking as much chunk plays, I mean, a seven-yard run is great, but it, it, a seven-yard pass kind of sucks. You know, it means you have to convert more often, and you're more likely to fail at some point. That's the negative of, of running the ball is so much. But still, there, there were... Uh, <laughs> glancing over and seeing a guy's name booty um it's it's it, it it's still just you know so close but they just couldn't quite get over the hump is sort of the issue so i'm going to end it here we have a ton of calls to get through i apologize to anybody that that uh hasn't gotten picked up yet thank you to all the new callers especially the ones that uh did not know that this was not the green bay packers um 6085010718 is the complaint department
4: as a boxer could see i'm a green bay package fan i have no idea what the gm has done so we needed a wide receiver <laughs> a wide receiver
2: i swear to you that is not me or somebody i know calling in to be funny that i promise you that
1: i was wondering how come you guys don't you know, trade for a receiver every single year because, you know, we need one. Rodgers doesn't have Devontae
4: and guess what? We only have uh, injured Christian Watson, uh, Randall Cobb, Kenny Lockett, a bunch of nobodies. Do something! Fire Brian!
2: Please call every day. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, call six zero eight five zero one zero seven one eight. Tell me the names of these fine gentlemen, so we can get that knocked out. Uh, also, we've got—I um, don't know—another name. If you feel like throwing another name out there, I don't know. Maybe we should just have a generic numbering system that we use for for people that don't have names. But you guys have a great night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.